Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Welcome to the Mamas con Ganas podcast. That's mamas as in, hey mama, y te traemos episodios para que tengas las ganas de motivarte, surgir y triunfar. Don't be a mama con drama. Let's be mamas con ganas. I'm your host, Valentina Izara. On this episode of the Mamas Con Ganas podcast, I'm talking about overcoming self-loathing. So entering into self-compassion in order to get rid of that really negative, destructive self-talk that can destroy our self-esteem, our feelings of self-worth, and our happiness. Now, I wanted to do this episode. It's been like a month since I wanted to do this episode, and... I have, of course, been releasing episodes on these amazing women that I have been interviewing. I hope you have been enjoying all of the interviews that I have given you. The last time I actually did an episode by myself, and it wasn't actually by myself, it was with my husband, was in the month of February when we were talking about um, deliberate cold exposure and getting out of, and the magic of getting outside your comfort zone. So that was a really fun episode. If you haven't listened to that one, go back to that one. But yeah, I haven't been back by myself in quite a while. And so I have an accumulation now of topics that I've been wanting to bring to my mamacitas and discuss as an intimate conversation, like I sometimes as well love to do on my podcast. So for my new listeners... Um, recently, I've been doing a lot of interviews this year, but in the past, I discuss my uh, personal growth process and I share the stuff that I go through, the things that I overcome. And as I overcome them and learn, and as I'm a little nerd of self-improvement, I share all these things that I'm learning along the way and also all the things that have helped me in my journey in self-development and self-improvement because it is really a passion of mine. And I feel like in a way, it's also been my savior in so many aspects. Um, delving into this world of self-development has given me more strength, more courage to pursue my dreams. Um, I think more ganas than I ever thought was possible. Uh, also, it's given me more discipline, more organization, and the journey is definitely never over. I can say that I'm constantly turning my dramas into ganas, which is literally the slogan of the podcast. So I invite you on this journey with me to accompany me on this journey of life where you also uh, do the alchemy for your life of transforming your dramas into ganas. And with that being said, today we're going to talk about the drama of self self-loathing and how to overcome it. And I wanted to first start by uh, giving you a definition, reading you the definition of self-loathing. And if those of you for those of you who are listening to me, by the way, on YouTube, just know that I have a bunch of notes that I that I uh, I have here jotted down. So from time to time, I am going to be glancing down. So self-loathing is a deeply negative 
an intense dislike or hatred directed towards oneself. It involves having a highly critical and derogatory perception of one's own worth, abilities, and overall identity. People experiencing self-loathing often hold themselves to impossibly high standards and constantly judge themselves harshly. This emotional state can lead to feelings of shame, guilt, unworthiness, and a strong desire to distance oneself from one's own perceived flaws or shortcomings. And of course, self-loathing can have detrimental effects on one's health, um, our self-esteem, our relationships, and our overall well-being. So it's interesting because, you know, in the past on a lot of the episodes, I talk a lot about thought work and about the process of starting to become very mindful with observing our thoughts. And our thoughts are the ones that produce this, the feeling of this hatred towards oneself, right? When we engage in indulging, for example, in very negative self-talk, in a way we are depreciating who we are and it can make us dislike ourselves, particularly when we happen to be um, individuals who have very high standards, like I just read, when we're very exigente or exigent, uh, because that word does does exist in English, which I love because I use that word a lot in, in Spanish. So when we are people who are exigent, meaning we demand a lot of ourselves, we tend to be also individuals who are very self-critical. Now, on the one hand, being self-critical, it keeps us on our toes and it keeps on improving. It has a strive for excellence. It means that we have high standards. You know, so it's a good thing because it means we have goals that we are trying to attain and we have a vision for what we identify as ideal. But on the flip side, the negative aspect, the other extreme of that is that we can start indulging when we're very self-critical in a sort of hatred towards oneself, right? And when that happens, it's completely, completely paralyzing for us. It can be paralyzing for us. It can stop us from wanting to accomplish our dreams. It could sort of stop or let's say turn off the fire inside that wants to go after our goals because we feel demotivated. We feel with lack of motivation because we're beating ourselves up so bad inside and our self-talk can be so nasty sometimes that we basically talk ourselves out of trying to achieve our goals. So that's where this is very dangerous. We have to be very mindful of listening to our thoughts throughout the day. And particularly when we feel like angry, like if you're feeling feelings of anger or shame or guilt, it usually can point out to us indulging in self-loathing, meaning in thinking of negative thoughts and directing those negative thoughts towards ourselves. And I thought, I've been thinking a lot about uh, this subject recently, and I came to the conclusion that the one remedy for self-loathing is self-compassion. Because, and it's interesting because self-compassion and self-esteem are actually two different things. And I, I also have notes on the differences of those two things because self-esteem basically is based on evaluating one's worth based on achievements, right? And based on external validation. Whereas self-compassion emphasizes self-acceptance, understanding, 
kindness, and is independent of external factors or comparisons. So when we become self-compassionate or we decide to become self-compassionate, this self-loathing will dissipate because we remember that our worth is not tied to our accomplishments, but is literally just linked to the fact that we exist, which is a beautiful thing. I think it's a very spiritual sort of idea, the fact that we are worthy just because, just because. And it's interesting because I think that this concept of self-compassion for me, I like, I, I really thank um, my foundation of even, even religious foundation for this, for this word and for this value that, that I've been given of self-compassion. Um, I was, I was brought up in uh, mostly Catholic schools. And I remember listening to that word quite a bit, the idea of self-compassion, right? We want to be kind, not only to others, but also kind to ourselves. And sometimes we want to please everybody else. And the last person that we are pleasing is ourselves. And words please. So when we say kind words to other individuals, we are literally giving them kindness and presence, right? They're not physical presence, but they make such a difference. And it's the same thing when we also give ourselves kind words, kind thoughts. When we have kind thoughts about ourselves, compassionate thoughts about ourselves, that's a gift. That, that's the biggest gift, mamacita, that we can give ourselves. So if you struggle with being highly critical of yourself, if you have a hard time giving yourself words of kindness, then this episode is for you. You came to the right place. Okay, so I'm, I, I wrote down some tips of what you can do, by the way, um, in order in order to be able to overcome self-loathing because that's what we're here to do. But before we go into that, what I do want to say is, because I did a lot of research on the subject and I realized, wow, this is really detrimental. Like, it, you know, we might think on the surface, oh, we just, you know, say bad things to ourselves. It's, it's sort of like surface level. Yeah, okay, whatever. We're not kind to ourselves, but it can't really have a, a more, a bigger impact in our lives. But the truth of the matter is, is that, it's extremely detrimental. Engaging in self-loathing and in negative talk and in not being respectful to ourselves because when we are unkind with words and thoughts to ourselves, we are being disrespectful of ourselves and to the creation that I think God has made, which is us. So I think there is that spiritual component of being able to be kind to ourselves just because we are the creation of God. And I don't know if you believe in God or not or the universe, but the reality is that if you are created, this is a miracle in itself. So if you believe in energy, just, just that thought like, wow, you were put here and there must be a reason for you being here. And the reason is definitely not to hate upon yourself and to speak unkindly of yourself. Okay, so here are the detrimental effects of self-loathing, right? And the different um, various destructive patterns or behaviors that can result from self-loathing. Number one is obviously low self-esteem. When we speak, you know, not kindly to ourselves of ourselves, 
we are lowering our self-esteem because we're cons consistently eroding that self-image, you know, our self-image. Number two, when we are doing that, it can lead to perfectionism. It's like we're striving and striving. And yes, we might have a high standard for ourselves, but it's like this perfectionism that does not work. And in, in my life and in my experience, I don't know about you, but when I engage in perfectionism, I paralyze. Like I don't take any actions, any real actions, because I'm afraid to take any real step. It sort of takes away my courage and I just stop. And when I stop, then I engage in even more criticism of myself. And then it's just like a downward spiral, right? Because we, we, we become, we have less self-esteem. Then on top of that, we are wanting this perfection that doesn't exist and we don't allow ourselves to make mistakes, which is a huge error because life is imperfect and the, the road to success is paved with a lot of failure. Okay. Also, um, yeah, actually number three, it's here. It's fear of failure. Like we are, you know, we're indulging in fear of failure when we engage in self-loathing. We are it's like we just live in that constant state of, I don't want to fail. I don't want to fail. What if I fail? And if you're thinking that to yourself, then instead of creating this mindset for growth, you're creating this mindset of fear and creating this mindset of basically talking yourself out of the courageous action that you need to take in order to make your dreams come true. Okay. Of course, obviously, uh, it's also self-sabotage because it's like the number one thing that will talk you out of anything. So when you engage in negative language towards yourself, you're just basically sabotaging every aspect of your life. And usually it's interesting because um, I was doing a, I know I told you, Mamacitas, that I was doing a course in December. I was basically doing three different things that had to do with the power of the mind and an energy and the law of attraction uh, back in December. And the message that I kept receiving from all the different, the three different courses, the book and the two courses that I took was that um, like energy attracts like energy. So like thoughts, for example, negative thoughts attract the same type of vibrational negative thoughts. So if you engage in one negative thought, you're basically vibrating at a certain, <laughs> at a certain energy level and you're attracting more like thoughts. So you kind of, you know, from one negative thought, you can all of a sudden jump to 10. And I know it's happened probably to you because I know in my life, when I start indulging in that sort of negative self-talk, then all of a sudden, you know, when, after I've criticized myself for one thing, all of a sudden I'm not good at anything right in my mind. <laughs> from, you know, from, you know, telling myself one negative thing, all of a sudden, Valentina just sucks in every single direction. I don't know if you can relate with me, but that's definitely my case. And that's the proof that negative thoughts attract like thoughts. Okay. Then obviously when you engage in this self-loathing, it also creates a negative body image, right? A self-image. It's, it's a negative body image, but it's a negative self-image in general. And it just, we just see ourselves as so imperfect it's almost like we're so unworthy and again we're going down that that slide of negativity also and this is huge I and I think that's why people that you know start indulging in negative thoughts is sort of like the train it's a train it's like it's like a train wreck waiting to happen because you start wanting to withdraw yourself socially when you start feeling so awful about yourself that you don't even, can't even pinpoint one strength that you have, 
then you automatically want to, the last thing you want to do, right, is to hang around people. We have to be very mindful when, if we start seeing ourselves heading in that pattern, and if we see ourselves wanting to just completely eliminate ourselves from like social settings, like are we eliminating ourselves from social settings because we want peace and we're reading a book and we're enjoying our alone time, or are we doing that because we feel so poorly or we think so poorly of ourselves that we almost feel even more shame and guilt and anger towards ourselves when we're with other people. And that's, you know, it's something to watch out for. And if you do feel like that, like the first thing that I would recommend is to take toll of the thoughts that are going through your mind, like write them down. There's something so powerful about writing the thoughts that are in your mind on a piece of paper and then looking at them. And then you can burn it afterwards and it can be that sort of therapy for you and obviously get professional help if you truly need it. Observe your thoughts. If you find yourself feeling a lot of negative emotions like anger and guilt and shame, it's definitely a signal that your thoughts are going in the wrong direction. What are you telling yourselves? Um, then also it leads to mental health issues. So ouch, that's dangerous there. Again, if you feel that that's your case, please seek um, professional, professional help with a therapist or psychologist or psychiatrist. Um, and then the last thing is that it hurts your relationships because if we permit ourselves to treat ourselves with disrespect, the likely case is that we're also permitting that type of behavior from others. If we don't have self-esteem and we don't love ourselves and we don't give ourselves that self-compassion, the chances are is that we also engage with people who do not respect us or who are not self-compassionate towards us or who are not loving. So that's something also to watch out for. Okay, so let's talk about the good thing. Let's talk about ways to be able to turn that around, to turn all that self-loathing around and and really start to come the other way and build the self-compassion with us. Let's talk about that because in building that self-compassion, we're gonna have the opposite effects of what I just spoke. We're gonna have an improved mental health, an increased self-confidence. Who doesn't wanna feel absolutely confident, right? I mean, we all go through moments where we feel a little bit in, unsure of ourselves, but we need to sort of build the confidence even in going after things where we know we're gonna make mistakes and to be able to have that self-compassion where if we fail, we still love ourselves within. Also, when we engage in self-compassion, we are enhancing our motivation. Self-compassion and self-love foster intrinsic motivation. Instead of relying on self-criticism or external validation, you cultivate a genuine desire to grow and to achieve your goals. The inner drive helps sustain the long-term process and it fosters a sense of fulfillment. So that drive is not like a toxic drive or a toxic motivation, right? It doesn't come from a place of competition or it doesn't come from a place of, um, yeah, a place of negativity. It comes from a place of inspiration. So it does enhance your motivation and that's what self-compassion does. And that's why it's so important. Also, what does it do? It creates greater resilience. The self-compassion and self-love provide a buffer against setbacks that we can have and our failures. And when we approach challenges with kindness and understanding, mamacita, we bounce back more quickly. 
We learn from our experiences, right? And we view failures, we can start viewing failures as opportunities for growth rather than personal shortcomings. Because the truth of the matter is, is, no, is that no matter how much success some, someone else has, they've gone through so much failure as well. They're just able to be resilient in dealing with their failure and looking at failure as an opportunity to grow versus a um, versus like a, a sign that they're not worthy, right? So remember, failure is always the opportunity to grow. Okay, why else do we want to cultivate self-compassion? Well, because just like I said, that self-loathing creates, you know, negativity and it ruin, it can ruin relationships. Here, you know, if you're compassionate towards yourself, chances are you're going to start improving all the relationships around you. And what's more, because there's a lot more, a lot more good things. It also increases productivity and creativity. It's interesting, right? Because I think when we are putting ourselves down, there's no room for anything creative or for learning to take place. And it's interesting because I was observing this um, in my children. The other day, one of my kids was having a hard time with his math problem. And I heard them talk in a very negative way to themselves. And my, and my reaction was, like, be careful the way you talk to yourself because your learning is not going to be able to, you're not going to open up that window to learn in your, in your mind if you are talking so negatively about yourself because that negative mind will not allow you to learn. It's crazy, but it's almost like the door closes on the learning. And as soon as you start being positive with yourself and say, no, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. Something happens. It clicks in your mind. And maybe you've been working at it for a long time. And then all of a sudden, boom, you get it. But it also, it always starts with that, with that window of, I think I can make this happen. Right. And sometimes it's just that. Sometimes it's just, I think I can figure this out. I think I can solve this problem. I think I can get out of this drama. And then that turns into, well, I always figure things out. Somehow I always manage to solve my problems, right? And from that standpoint, we become more open to the solutions coming to us and for us to solve whatever situation that we're going through. And interestingly enough, um, when my, my child finally solved his math question was when he had completely shifted from, you know, this negative self-talk into a mindset of, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to start, I'm going to pay attention and, and, and figure out how I'm going to learn this and how I'm going to figure this out. The other thing I wanted to mention, because it's interesting how all of this applies, not just to us, but our, like our children. And that's another reason why I brought the topic. So my little one, <laughs> Um, so my, my little one, Leonardo is six years old and we did a dance showcase this past Sunday where he did two dances he, for the first time he did like on stage, he did a hip hop and he did a ballroom dance. And if you haven't listened to my podcast for a while, um, you know, I'll, I'll just let you know that I'm like, I'm a dancer. I've been a dancer for a long time. Dance has always been a part of my life. Right. And I did a lot of ballet and jazz growing up, but now I do a lot of ballroom dancing. And I've also put my boys, I have three boys and I've put my boys in ballroom dancing. So my older one was doing a dance. My little one was performing for the first time on stage. And it's very interesting, his reaction when he saw his videotape, because people, everybody had told him, oh my gosh, Leonardo, you're so good. You're doing so well, da, 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 da. And I was telling him, wow, everybody loves your dance. He looked at himself on camera, on the video, and my little six-year-old, mind you, this was the day after the performance. This was, this was this past Monday. He looked at himself 
and doing his solo. And he's like, I'm not happy with myself. I'm so bad at dance. He was so critical. And then he kept looking at the bigger kids dance and go and telling me, I want to dance like that. I'm not good. I'm not, I'm a, I'm a horrible dancer, mommy. And I was blown away by how a six-year-old could already start showing signs of beating up on himself. So I started to tell him, I go, Leo, don't talk to yourself like that. Like you should be proud of yourself. Everybody's proud for what you did. This is your first performance. It only gets better from now on. Last year, you didn't even go on stage. This year you went on stage and you did your choreography and you tried your best and you should be really proud of yourself. Because I try to emphasize to my kids that me being proud of them doesn't matter as much of them being proud of themselves. I think it's way more important to, to cultivate a sense of self-pride when we know that we've worked hard for something and that we've put our best foot forward and to feel good about ourselves when we do something rather than rely on someone else being proud of us. Because sometimes people could be proud of us for things that we don't necessarily feel proud of. But when we cultivate that, like, wow, I'm proud of myself for this because I, I actually worked, I worked really hard and I put my best foot forward and I did it with the best of intentions. And I really, I just really try to make something beautiful happen. That's where self-esteem comes from, I think. From us, like, patting ourselves on the back. So anyways, I was, I was like, wow, where does this come from? And of course, the second thing that I was thinking was like, do I engage in the negativity. Has my son observed me saying unkind things to myself? Which was another reason that I wanted to, to do this episode because I was like, wow, I really have to be very intentional. Like, what do I say to myself? I'm like, I don't think that I say negative things to myself in front of them, but do I? And so I started becoming way more like mindful. And of course, sometimes kids pick up things from different places, but it was really something that got me thinking and that has me really observing like the type of chatter that my kids, like how they talk to themselves. And it's interesting because that evening we sort of started the process all over again. And Leonardo was starting to beat up on himself again about the dance show, which it was, it totally blew my mind. I was like, I can't believe that he's actually like so serious about this. And I said to him, I go, Leo, like, don't talk bad about yourself to yourself. You know, don't speak to yourself in a, in a negative manner. Don't be so unkind to yourself. Be, be nice to yourself with words. And he looks at me going like, and says to me, mommy, you can't talk to yourself. And I said to him, yes, you can. You're talking to yourself right now out loud. You're saying to yourself that you're not good at dance. You're saying all these not nice things to yourself. And I said to him, you know, you're so nice to other people. You got to give yourself the same kindness. And I think, interestingly enough, it's always like we're teaching our kids what we also have to really absorb for ourselves. And I'm the first one to admit that sometimes I can be super critical with myself, super unkind, because I expect so much of myself. And that, however, when I engage in that is when I am not productive. I don't know about you, but when I... When I decide to listen to those negative, nasty, toxic thoughts, I just, it's like, I just want to roll into a cocoon. I don't want to see anybody. I want to just, you know, hide underneath my covers 
and it stops all the magic inside of me from ever coming out. And that's why I think this topic is of such tremendous importance, not just for ourselves, but also as a message that we can, you know, give to others. If we see others engaging in negativity, you know, about themselves to remind them how beautiful they are, to give them, you know, to start changing that chatter for them and, and start showing them the beautiful things that we see within them and about them so that they remember who they really are the beautiful beings that they are. I think if we all did that to ourselves and we, we wouldn't tolerate any of this negative top talk, the world would be a completely different place. Okay, so I want to end with, you know, the recommendations. I know I've talked a lot. And the first thing is basically entering into awareness, right? It's the observation of our thoughts, entering mindfulness. We need to start being becoming aware of our critical self-thoughts. Notice when they arise, write those things down, mamacita, write them down. You don't have to show them to anybody. Like I said, you could put them in a shredder. You could burn it afterwards, but you might be completely flabbergasted by the things that go through your mind and the negative things that you say to yourself about yourself. So the other thing about mindfulness or like the thought, the observation of thought is to do it without judgment, right? I think, I think that's very important because I don't, you don't, you don't want to beat yourself up about finding out that you're beating yourself up. Does that make sense? Like once you observe that you're having a negative thought, don't then say to yourself, oh, well, I suck because I just told myself this negative. No, no, no. Like at that moment, observe the thought and just like as an observer and don't judge yourself. Don't be even harder on yourself for having had that thought. I think that's the space or the that window, that light that you can let in, that first light of self-compassion that you can show yourselves is to, once you realize the negativity that you're feeding on, is to not judge yourself for the negative things that you have been saying to yourself. Okay, this is super important, mamacita. Recognize that those thoughts that you're having, those negative thoughts, are not facts. They're not facts. They're like interp just interpretations. An interpretation is sort of a conclusion that you've made, but it's not, it's not a fact. And you have the power within yourself to choose how you respond to whatever you find. Okay, so number two, and this is super important. After you've created an awareness, you've been observing your thoughts, you may have wanted to write them down. I want you to challenge those negative thoughts, meaning... I want you to question the validity of your self-critical thoughts. Are they based on evidence or distorted perceptions? And this might be hard for you to do on your own or without some coaching. Because what I've seen from, a, from people that I've coached is that they truly feel that those negative thoughts that they're having about themselves are facts. And, and I'm on the other end listening to them thinking this, the way that they're seeing themselves is completely distorted. They're just making a, con a conclusion about themselves that is highly negative, but it's not a fact. And it's hard sometimes to separate facts from perceptions. So that's why sometimes this part of the process where you might need a coach or a therapist or even a friend that you, that you can count on, somebody who loves you but also has that mind where they can help you 
maybe see that from a different perspective, right? Because if we, our friends usually tend to see the really beautiful things about us and they don't want, our friends don't want us to like stay in self-loathing and in self-criticism, right? They want to lift us up. Okay. After you've challenged your negative thought, replace the negative self-talk. So whatever it is that's a negative thought that you're saying, replace it with what you desire. Replace it with something positive. Focus on your strengths and your achievements and your success. Look at the other side of you. Remind yourself, write a list. My, my, I remember my first um, life coach had me write a list of my personal inventory. And I was like, my PI, he would call it. And I was like, personal inventory, what is that? And I remember the first time I had to write down a list of all of the things that made me unique and beautiful and amazing. And it's interesting because I'd never done the exercise before. And I was like, what? I have to write down what? All the things that I've... And it's interesting because that exercise, after doing that exercise, I was like, well, wow. I'm not as sucky as I thought I'd be. I'm pretty awesome. <laughs> I'm pretty amazing, right? And I want you, Mamacita, to discover that for yourself, to discover for yourself, like your own personal inventory and your strengths. And sometimes we're so good at being nasty to ourselves as being so mean to ourselves that we can't even come up with anything positive. So that even that within it, in itself takes practice. Being kind to ourselves, speaking kindly to ourselves, it needs, it's like exercise. It's like going to the gym, right? We need repetitions. And the more you do it, the more, the more kind words you say to yourself, the easier it starts becoming. And you start, you know, turning over the habit and flipping the coin over to the other side. You'll start realizing how much nicer you are to yourself and how much happier that makes you. And how after realizing like your strengths, then you'll be able to find even more strengths that you have, even more like successes that you've had, more achievements in your life that you've been able to bring to the table. Like all of these things that you didn't, that you don't, you hadn't even thought about because you've been so busy putting yourself down. So it's really cool because just as we can go as a, on a downward spiral of like hating on ourselves, we could start going up and start loving on ourselves and then feel really happy. You know, and it comes from a place of humility. I feel like humility, part of humility is self-compassion. I feel like if we're humble, then we know our humanness, right? Our, our human element, the fact that we are imperfect individuals. And when we accept and we're humble enough to know that we're just mere humans, then we can allow ourselves to be self-compassionate. Because I think a humble person is a person who allows for self-love and self-acceptance and self-compassion. Okay, number three. Okay, I want you to start practicing self-compassion. What does that mean? Treat yourself with the same kindness and understanding that you would offer your friend. I don't think, I don't know about you, but I want my friends to feel amazing about themselves. And when I hear them beating up on themselves, I'm like, I want there, I'm there to like remind them like all of the amazing things that they are. And so just like that, you have to do that for yourself. Be the, be your own cheerleader. Remind yourself of all your beauty and talk to yourself like you would talk to your best friend when you're seeing the most beautiful aspects of her or him. Okay. Let's see here. Okay. Oh, well, 
I, I, I already spoke about it, but acknowledge what practicing self-compassion also means acknowledging your imperfections and your mistakes as part of being human. So I think that's the part of humility that I was talking about. And it also, in doing that, you embrace self-forgiveness and you let go of self-judgment. And how beautiful is that? For us to let go of our mistakes from the past, for us to forgive ourselves for the mistakes that we've, you know, that we've made and to be able to move on with grace and with kindness towards ourselves because we know we're not perfect. And also, practicing self-compassion means that we cultivate self-care activities and that you nurture your physical, mental, and emotional well-being, that we take care of ourselves, that we do things because we love, simply for the mere fact of loving ourselves. And I'll tell you something, Mama Sita, that I do literally out of self-love, and it's take my dance classes. I do that literally because I feel like it's almost like an oxygen that I need, but it's an oxygen of love. Because I make myself feel important when I do things that I love. And since I love dance, for me, that is like a demonstration to myself that I love myself. So if you are hindering yourself from your passions or you're keeping yourself from doing the, those things that you love, start thinking about how you can start implementing those activities in your life. Because once you do, it'll be an affirmation that you love yourself because you've put yourself as a priority. Okay. This one is super important. Mamacita, surround yourself with supportive people. This is, this is, and this is not just supportive people like that are hanging out with you, but supportive people like in the content that you listen to. Like if you're listening to content and it doesn't make you feel good, turn it off. Like I, if you feel good listening, listening to me and you feel that I, that I, that I bring something to you, then that's awesome. But I don't ever want somebody to listen to me thinking bad things about themselves. I, I, what I want to do is I want to lift people up. And so be very careful of the things you listen to. I'm super mindful of my content, the content that I consume, because I've realized that the content I consume is sometimes even more important than the people I hang around with, because during the week I hang around with very few people. I'm by myself working on my self-tapes or working on the production of my podcast. And so I interact with very few people but the people that I'm listening to, the podcasts that I listen to, the things that I read, the books that I'm, that I'm learning from, that is what fuels me. And I feel like that's almost like my company. So just be aware of what it is that you're consuming because it could also, it might have something to do with the way that you talk to yourself. I think if you're consuming positive things, you'll also be more likely to be kind to yourself. Okay, two more things. Embrace the growth mindset, like I said before. That's also a tip. When you embrace the fact that you're going to, that this life is not meant to just be lived, it's, it's never going to be easy. Even if we choose the path of towards success and towards achievement or towards fulfilling our dreams, it's never going to be easy. And even when we've arrived at those goals, I think we all know that realistically, it's not going to all of a sudden, you know, it's not, in, it's, it's not going to all of a sudden oops, snap the fingers and everything is perfect. There's always going to be some type of drama in our life that we're always trying to turn into ganas. And there's always going to be things that, that we're going to have to deal with that are challenges, right? But when we embrace the growth mindset, it's accepting the fact that we're here to learn and we're here to grow. And I love that. And I think that that gives that in itself, that thought that 
that everything is here to teach me something, it really instills in me more courage and instills in me more discipline and more desire to go after those things that I want. And then fact, and, and then finally, um, and I think this is something that's just common sense, but I think that sometimes we can say it, but it's sort of a corny thing that we say, but we don't really mean it. It's practicing gratitude for like the little things, celebrating those tiny little things in our day where it brings joy to our lives. And I think when we are looking at what we have versus what we don't have, that that practice of being grateful for the small things and for acknowledging those small things can make a huge difference because it'll change the focus from what's wrong to what is right. So when we cultivate a gratitude practice to shift our focus towards the positive aspects of life, we start appreciating our strengths. We start appreciating our accomplishments and our blessings. And all of us, no matter how many hardships we have, there's always something to be grateful for. And I'll say something. It's funny because I'm thinking about those small wins, those small like uh, things that I love to celebrate and that really just fill my life and make my days better. Today, for example, I am filming with a different camera. I'm actually filming from the camera from my phone. And I'd been trying to figure out how do I make my phone, my camera, because my I realized my camera has a better resolution than the other camera that I bought individually. And I bought the, the, the cord yesterday and I plugged it in today. So today I'm using this new, I'm using actually the camera from the phone. And when I saw it work on the computer, I was like, I literally did like a little happy dance. And I gave myself a pat on the back. So I'm like, yay, Val, you figured something out. And I think that adds on to our self-confidence and our self-compassion because we're fueling the things that we do right. And, you know, we're adding to that personal inventory list. So there you go. I've spoken a lot today, but I'm very passionate about this subject. So I want all of you mamacitas to speak words of self-compassion and self-love to yourselves because I know just how important it is for me to also do that because I know that when I engage in self-love and in self-compassion, I'm then able to extend my self-love and my self-compassion outwardly and show love and compassion to my children, to my husband, to my community, to my family, to my friends. If we don't have that within ourselves, we have no compassion, no forgiveness, and no nothing to give. So it all starts from, it definitely all starts from within so that we can extend that love and that compassion elsewhere. If you like this episode, please write me a comment on mamaconganaspodcast.com forward slash 186. Tell me what you think about the subject and tell me about your promise to yourself and your commitment to yourself to be more kind and compassionate towards yourself. And if you have any questions, again, go to mamaconganaspodcast.com forward slash 186. I'll see you there. Next week, I'll be doing this same episode in Espanol. Besitos. It's Valentina. Espero te gustó este episodio de nuestro podcast. If you liked it or if any of our content has inspired you in any way, I'd be ever so grateful if you showed some amorcito by reviewing us on iTunes or wherever you listen to us. Every single review will help us reach more mamacitas so they can live their life con muchas ganas. It's because of you, our listeners, that we're able to create contenido para otras latinas. Un millón de gracias por suscribirte, escuchar y compartir nuestro podcast. 
Si tienen preguntas, comentarios y más, pueden visitar nuestra página web mamasconganas.com or follow us on social media at mamasconganas. You can also write me directly at info at mamasconganas.com. Hasta la próxima. Es Valentina recordándote, don't be a mama con drama. Mm -mm. Let's be mamas con ganas. Besitos. 